Daily Ding is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks your prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices of up to 60% off. It's all in a name. Game Time obviously has tickets to all of your sporting event needs, NBA basketball, MLB baseball, boxing, hockey, whatever you need, college athletics, but they also have tickets to stuff like theater and music concerts. I know I'm trying to see Drizzy Drake next time he comes to LA because obviously I'm an owl head. We know that. But make sure you go to Game Time whenever you need sports, music, or theater. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets of up to 60% off. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic Podcast Network. Miss Lizzo, she's sitting courtside right next to the Lakers bench. Lizzo, uh, I know you live in L.A. now. You spent some time in Minnesota. Who are you cheering for tonight in this basketball game? Let me tell you something. Both teams are great. I'm personally cheering for number 32. <laughs> Carl Anthony Town? Mm-hmm. That's your guy? That's my baby. Okay. You know him? Nope. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> New man on the Minnesota Timberwolves. There it is. <laughs> Reverse flush and ain't that a smooth one. This is how it goes. When I hoop, I have no friends. Or Tyler know his ass should have got thrown out. If I was a ref, I would have tossed his last. How dare you? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We have got all your action from another weekend in the NBA to kick off the week for you. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by the gargantuan Waz with Rob Lopez interviewing for the Knicks head coaching job as we speak. So coming up on today's Daily Ding, Fizz is out. Masai could maybe possibly be in in some sort of crazy alternative universe. And Kyle Lowry is at 20th and Lehigh if you want to find him. But first, we got three-point sniper Ben Simmons propelling the Sixers right now. They win 110 to 104 over the Raptors in Philly. Philly is now a league best 12 and 0 at home. They had a 20 point lead about halfway through the fourth quarter and the Raps came storming back in this one. Thanks to Kyle Lowry, but the Sixers were able to survive despite Joel Embiid actually scoring against the Raptors for a change, but it wasn't that much more than zero points. He had 10 points in 30 minutes, eight rebounds, six assists, seven turnovers, more turnovers than assists tonight or in this game. So was, uh, how are the Sixers winning with Joel Embiid not being able to score against Marcus Hull? Well, the defense is still can ratchet up to a level that they can absolutely deal with the Raptors offensively, right? Also, Fred Van Vliet leaves the game early, doesn't finish off the game. He's one of their key, their key contributors on offense. And, you know, like we've been saying all year, they're an elite defense. Um, it doesn't surprise me that they're able to survive. And, you know, Obviously, I'm the original Haitian sensation, Jared, but I might be conceding that Matisse Tybul might be an upcoming, up-and-coming emerging Haitian sensation in the making. Uh, made five threes tonight. That probably, you know, carried them over the edge. Uh, that that That's what led to them going out to a big lead in the first place. Um, this kid 
is already, even as a rookie, even for an older rookie, you don't expect a rookie to come in and be this impactful defensively. He's flying all over the place, deflections all over the place. He's already a disruptor. And if he's going to be a competent three-point shooter, even as a rookie, um, and we're not even talking about just those easy, wide-open spot-ups. He's taking off balance, off of screens. Like, this is a revelation, Jared. Well, I mean, we're talking about a, a lockdown defender with little offensive skills. Supposedly, all of a sudden, he's giving you that. I mean, that's that's scary. That's scary. Maybe he's the uh, he's the answer they need to Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is doing everything except for, including shooting. Now he hit a second three of the season this weekend, and then in this game, he had 16 points on eight for 11 shooting, 11 rebounds, nine dimes, and also of course five turnovers. Uh, is Simmons like is this is Simmons peaking right now this year, or is he just um, taking the next step in his evolution. I mean, he's still such a young guy, right? Um, and he did. Not only is he young, he missed a full year of development because of injury. So a lot of times, and I'm not going to lie, I'm sometimes falling the category of being a bit hard on Simmons. And yeah, he's hitting his stride. And obviously, he's going to improve from where he is. But, you know, and I say this every time I'm on the show, I just think the fit with him and Embiid is very clumsy. Keaton defensive teams know their two best players need to be in the exact same spots on the court to succeed, and they played it at. Um, and good teams that can score, you know, at a more competent offensive level than the Raptors can, say, right? Even though the Raptors have been obviously world beaters offensively, way more so than we anticipated coming into the season, I think decent enough offensive teams are going to give them trouble, man. And, you know, and the crazy thing, Jared, I was just thinking about this today, man. If you swap out Mark Gasol for Brooke Lopez, the Bucks are kind of walking to the finals, aren't they? <laughs> wow, that's a take. My God, that's so scary. Because you know, I'm a, I would rather have Brooke Lopez than Marcus Sol. I think Lopez in that defensive scheme has been great and has been a much better deep shooter. They're obviously different players, but I, I wouldn't. I probably just wouldn't want to swap. I think both of those guys are in the right situation, but we got to go over to talking about Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry. He had 26 points in this game. He was 7 for 14 from the field, and he was kind of the one leading that comeback, leading this game, really held his own with uh, you know with Fred going out for this game with that right knee contusion that you mentioned. I mean, how big was it to see Kyle stepping up in this game with Fred going down, who's been kind of their anchor for most of their season? Yeah, he's missed a significant amount of time, right? Like about a month plus of time missed. It's gonna take t- it's gonna take a while before he gets back in the swing of things. So it's good to see him getting back to his spots. The three ball was falling tonight. Four turnovers you don't like to see, um, but you could. But his offensive load is is increased by not having uh, Van Vliet in there because Van Vliet kind of lets him play off the ball at times and initiates offense. And so when you don't have Van Vliet in there, that was the kind of the thing last year, right? When either Fred or uh, Kyle missed time. Uh, they're the, they were the only two playmakers on the team, and that kind of remains the case now, right? Uh, so it, when his workload goes up, you can expect those turnovers to go up too. But I thought he looked great tonight. And he set up OG really nicely. OG and Nanobi had 19 points and 10 rebounds in this one. And uh, what's up to Rondé Hollis Jefferson? He had 12 points. I don't know if I've ever watched a game where he had double-digit numbers. Uh, but we got to finish this segment on my – it's a new one-time segment, Jared's nice stat of the night. Matisse Thibel, our boy, went 6 for 9 tonight, which is the 69th time someone has gone 
on six for nine since Mono Ginobili did it on 420 in 2012. All that pro front of b-ball reference. So if you're an immature man like me, you better enjoy that side of the night. Your sweatpants are on for the day, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. I mean, I was tired of them pierogies I kept eating, and, and I, just, I, I, I just had enough. Enter DoorDash, restaurant-quality food with a living room dress code. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, not that there are very many good ones here in L.A., but there's a couple. But there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code DING. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code DING. Don't forget, that's promo code D-I-N-G for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Let's head over to Los Angeles where the Lakers beat the Timberwolves 142 to 125. It's actually, I'm still getting used to that being a normal score, but it is kind of a normal score, especially when your best player, I'm sorry, second best player. It's hard to tell these days. Anthony Davis had 50 points, hmm. seven rebounds, six assists, four steals, shot 20 for 29. What a clean field goal number there. I love it. I'm, I'm doing the, uh, you know, the uh, Rivadarchi, you know, hands kind of when i read that line it just it just tastes delicious it's like a nice al dente linguine with red sauce and then lebron he had four fouls in the first half didn't matter still finishes with 32 points still finishes with 13 assists uh this was a season high scoring effort from the lakers and this was a game that was pretty competitive for the most part and then they just kind of blew it open when they just the the wolves just could not stop anthony davis from scoring yeah, I think if you're the rest of the league right now, you should be getting a bit scary, right? We've already seen what the Lakers can do when they ratchet up the defensive effort to 100. They can be one of the best, if not the best defensive team in the NBA. But what you didn't see early in the season was them getting AD easy looks. And the more and more these guys get more and more um, involved with each other, get more and more used to each other, they're finding ways to get AD easy looks. His field goal percentage is getting better and better and better as the season goes on. Um, Early in the season, Jared, you remember, it was all one-on-one, post-up, let Anthony Davis cook on the block. The offense is looking better now. Obviously, the transitional stuff helps. The turnover forcing helps. The defense helps. But I think if around the league, the offense hasn't caught up to the defense yet, but it's catching up. And if they're figuring out ways to get LeBron a D easy buckets every single game, watch out. The, him attacking from the perimeter is horrifying. And it's, you know, I think a big difference that we're seeing is early in the season, he wasn't getting to the line very much. And in his last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games or so. Only one time has he gotten to the line less than nine times. So he's Ooh. really attacking downhill. And that's, you know, he's a seven foot behemoth with great body control. So if he's attacking downhill, you're, you know, the, the defense is toast at that point. And the fact that they're able to get him doing it so many times per game, and you're just seeing that he and, Le, he and LeBron just have this perfect rhythm off of each other. LeBron, mm-hmm. so often he's drawing a double driving baseline and then throwing up the lob to either him or JaVale or Dwight. It's like, you know, a lot of the flaws that I thought I was seeing in this roster construction at the beginning of the season are really looking like positives right now at least in the regular season we'll see how it is in the playoffs obviously but right now 
they're playing perfect basketball. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I, I don't know that we're gonna the, in the come playoff time. I don't know that we're gonna see a ridiculously heavy JaVale McGee uptick. The guy still has asthma after all. But, <laughs> you know, I think in the playoffs, we're going to see more AD at the four. And we've seen what they could do with guys flying around swarming. I know the strength has been the size when they do AD, McGee, uh, Dwight, LeBron. It's a, it's a scary size front line. But I think when they want to go small with AD, they're going to be able to do that. So, And by the way, Throughout the years, all of those finals appearances, the the key to unlocking LeBron has always been get him a great pick and roll guy and surround him with shooting. And that's going to still be the case. They're going to be able to scrounge together a decent amount enough shooting and good defense to be pretty scary in the playoffs. And speaking of pretty scary, we have Alex Caruso with 16 points at this game. Danny Green at 12 and 8. Um, you know, that could be the best backcourt in the NBA. No need for us to debate that any further. Uh, Andrew Wiggins on the other end, 8 for 15 from the field in less than 30 minutes, interestingly, in this game. Uh, he had 19 points. Carl Anthony Towns had 19 points. You're going up against LeBron and AD, and your two top players are having 19 apiece. It's like Josh Akogi had 18 somehow, even though he only made four shots in this game. It's like Josh Akogi is carrying your offense, and clearly you are not ready to beat the Lakers. And that's how the Lakers are sitting at 21 and three with the best record in the NBA. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. My favorite thing about StockX, um, I remember, I think the last thing I bought on there was the Bread 4s. One, back in the days on those old secondary sneaker marketplaces where you're buying from, you know, not a not a mom and pop brick and mortar, but basically some guy in Wyoming who was able to get his hands on some Jordans, is that you couldn't guarantee the authenticity of what you were purchasing, right? I love this part where StockX independently verifies what you're paying for is what you're actually getting. And, you know, you just don't want to get Canal Street out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I love that element of it. I love that it's not just a consignment shop. It's also somewhere where you can haggle for prices and bid on stuff, right? Sometimes you're just like, what? Look, I want these sneakers right now. I don't mind paying the markup. I'm going to do it right now. Or you can put a bid and hope that somebody's like just trying to let go of a sneaker because they just want to let it go as soon as they can and, they, and you get it for a reduced price. I love that you have the optionality there to go either get it right away or put a bid in for something. I just think it's really dope. And the fact that it's not just sneakers, um, you know, you can get you can get Kid Cudi or Kanye tour merch on there. I know my girl has looked at some of their handbags on there. Uh, I just think it's a really dope marketplace. Um, it's an improvement upon what we've had in the past with the reseller sort of uh, platforms. And I love StockX. It's where I go first when I'm trying to get some sneakers. So make sure you go to StockX next time you want to get some kicks, next time you want to buy some Bape or Supreme, next time you want to get your girl a Chanel handbag, uh, go to StockX. Want in on all the hype? Check out StockX.com backslash b-ball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com backslash b-b-a-l-l. Check it out today.
All right, clickety-clack time. Let's get to some news. We have some major injury news. This one was pretty tragic. Blazers wingman Rodney Hood is missing the remainder of the season after blowing out his Achilles Friday night. The Blazers are already super thin. What do they do now besides, obviously, they have the Western Conference Player of the Month and Mello to carry them, and he's not on a team that I hear is going through something. Uh, what's going on with the Knicks right now, Was well, Jared, uh, the New York Knicks fired David Fisdale for signing too many power forwards, acquiring too many non-shooting um, players, and also uh, having too many projects on the team. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. That was actually Steve Mills, but Fisdale ended up taking the fall for it. Apparently, Marcus Morris, because he's the Knicks team leader. <laughs> Marcus Morris held a team players only meeting in support of the coach. Rumors out of New York. Masai Ujiri is their next candidate. I I, I struggle to come up with reasons why Masai Ujiri would ever want to coach in New York, particularly for the particularly for the Knicks, outside of a ridiculous pay bump and just outrageous contract demands that are actually met by a, a desperate James Dolan. But you know. Here we are. It's like Groundhog's Day, 20 years straight. Ever since Dolan took the team over from his dad, um, the Knicks are a freaking dumpster fire. I could see Masai taking that job if they make him the president of MSG, give him $20 million a year, give him an ownership stake, and rewrite the bylaws of the ownership agreement so that James Dolan has no say over basketball operations. Then maybe I could see him maybe considering taking it. And also apparently in Ian Begley of SNY, our buddy made this point, was that uh, there's a lot of stuff that has to do with funding for the uh, basketball in Africa programming that Toronto has been funding, and apparently that seems to be one way. The Knicks are trying to get to Masai's heart, but uh, Masai ain't stupid, and I, it'd be amazing to see him taking that job. But speaking of warm chairs, Cavs coach John Beeline just got there after leaving Michigan, and reportedly he's rubbing some of the younger Cavs players the wrong way, according to Shams and Joe Varden from in-house here at The Athletic. Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance Jr. expressed their support for the coach over the weekend, but apparently the decent to mediocre talent that is filling up the prospect category in Cleveland is not happy with the way that their college coach that they had just got away from whoa, is continuing whoa, whoa, to treat whoa, them. Jared, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me a guy who just got out of NCAA basketball where the players are not paid, um, absolutely have zero say in anything, no power, no voice. The coaches basically, you know, do whatever they want to do with impunity. Um, you're telling me that approach doesn't work with grown men, millionaires in the NBA? What? That's crazy. It's amazing how much you can grow in just three months or I guess six months in this case. But there is a grown man in Cleveland's locker room for now. And Kevin Love, who was in his 30s, is owed another 90 plus million dollars after this year. And the Cavs are interested in training him, it appears. So uh, Woj and I think uh, Chris Fedor had this earlier in the year is that they're, uh, the Cavs are going to start listening to offers when December 15th rolls around next week and trade season starts to begin. Who knows who's going to be interested in Kevin Love, but it will be really fascinating to see if he moves. Gordon Hayward was somebody that was kind of always thrown out there by Celtics fans as a possible trade partner. Don't think it's going to be happening anymore because he is about to return Monday evening. He expects to be playing or is maybe going to be playing, but he wouldn't be saying that if he didn't expect to be playing against Cleveland of all teams. He's been out a month since having a plate put into his broken left hand that he cracked on LaMarcus Aldridge's hip. 
All right, let's get around the rest of Sunday's games. We had the Nets in Brooklyn taking down the Nuggets 105 to 102. The Nuggets are not having fun with the Atlantic Division right now. Um, It was Spencer Dinwiddie with 24 points, eight assists, and four rebounds. And it wouldn't be a Spencer Dinwiddie line without a clutch go-ahead shot with under 30 seconds left. The Nuggets came back and missed a shot, and then the Nets hit their free throws to close it out before Denver missed their last shot. Jared Allen at 19 and 11. Garrett Temple had a solid game of 15 points. The Joker, 24 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. That's getting close to a normal Jokic line. But talk, to, walk me through these last few minutes. What are you seeing out there? Okay, so I had a I had a conversation with our buddy Adam Mares. A quick exchange on Twitter about what's been so underwhelming about this team this year, and I gotta say, it's mostly Jamal Murray. Um, he just hasn't become that second star, all-star caliber, or even borderline, right? Like, he's not as good as peak Mike Conley, say, right? He, he's not as good as, um, well, nowhere near as good, obviously, as peak Tony Parker, right? We're not asking him to be Chris Paul, Hall of Fame level, or, you know, Russell Westbrook. We're asking him to be an all-star level player, worthy of the contract that he signed, the extension, right? Um, And there was a possession with inside a minute to go. And what Adam talked about is that he's been a reluctant three-point shooter this year, only attempting about five per game. He gets the ball on the left, left corner. He gets a corner three, up fakes, and then goes into a 17-footer and airballs it, right? And then the next possession, the Nets come down, and Dinwiddie goes straight at Jokic, um at the basket and scores over him. And that's kind of, to me, that's that's um, illustrative of what ails this team, right? Like your best player is in the, the, the most clutchest moments uh, is a liability on one end of the floor. Your second best player just isn't an ace player, dude. Like he doesn't dribble by people. He's not killing people from three. He's not a great distributor. He's not an elite operator in the pick and roll, right? Like Kemba Walker doesn't kill everybody off the dribble, but he's an expert in pick and roll, right? Murray is none of those things. And if he's not taking his three to keep the defense honest, that could actually give him some breathing room to get some driving lanes. What is he doing out there? No, you're making some great points. It's funny. I just had just had uh, drinks with the Denver guys just the night before. And the big thing that we were talking about is we haven't seen a progression this year that you would have expected coming into the big deal, you know, getting off the rookie contract, you know, that kind of stuff that you would expect him to make that big step forward as a playmaker, as a dribble drive penetrator, as a guy that can create off of the screen. And it seems like he's just kind of plateauing from last year. And I'm still waiting for that next step. Maybe it'll come later this year, and maybe it'll come when Jokic starts really playing his best basketball, but he is just still very far from his best basketball. So we'll see if they turn that around. I don't around. think he's at his best, Jerry, but I don't think it's his I don't think it's him. I think it's he's the only elite threat on this team. There's nobody else who who puts a fear in defenses, who defenses have to panic. Like, when you have your big on an island against Jokic, it's still kind of scary for you defensively. Right. Like he can still beat a one on one matchup against guys who are too skinny or guys who just aren't defensively sound enough and go for his fakes and don't like don't understand what he's trying to do out there. I think, man, I and I've been slow to come around on Jokic. I don't think he's was, was the problem here. I know he came in a little overweight and whatever. Everybody's kind of pointed that out. I think it's Murray. 
All right. Well, maybe he could play a little bit more like Trey Young, who had 30 points, nine assists, six rebounds somehow, 10 30 point game this season. And the Hawks win 122 to 107 in Charlotte. It's actually only the second time the Hawks have won when Trey has scored over 30. It's, I think, their fifth win of the season this year. They've somehow had a terrible record. Uh, he took it knee to the face, but returned to put the Hornets to bed in this one. Uh, he was aided by Jabari Parker having 19 points. Vince Carter was. 17 points and he had a little bit of sauce on a pull-up three going up against pj washington who had 20 points miles bridges at 20 in this one and then the vaunted backcourt of charlotte with terry rogier and Devonte graham they combined for 20 points on seven for 30 shooting so not a pretty one there and then in miami this was my favorite game of the day so miami beat Chicago 110 to 105 a Jimmy Butler revenge game which is a classic Miami is 3-0 in overtime this season they have not lost back-to-back games this season but it was Tyler Hero who was the hero in this game he had 27 points six boards he hit five threes in this one hit clutch shots in overtime clutch shots at the end of the fourth quarter he had 16 of Miami's last 18 points was quickly is Tyler Hero the great white hope I would say so, honestly. Uh, he's been one of the few. Uh, our man John Hollinger wrote a wrote a piece for the for the company for the Athletic this week about how underwhelming most of the lottery picks have been so far this season. Hero is um he's kind of the the opposite of that. He's been a revelation, and you know he wasn't a top ten guy. He got picked sort of later in the in the lottery and in um the first half of the the first round, but. He's been solid. And even back in summer league, Jared, we all remember watching him. He got a mandate to shoot and he went out and did that. (laughs) Right. And that said a lot to me where a lot of guys, you know, their first real taste of pro competition in the summer league, you know, even if, you know, we're using pro and quotation marks for summer league. But this guy, a lot of those guys look like deer in headlights for those first few games. Hero never did. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's coming to the season and he's kind of been hitting his marks even as a rookie, man. Yep, and speaking of rookie guards on Miami, Kendrick Nunn is back at it. He had 18 points in this one. Uh, My boy Bam at 21 and 13, plus six dimes, but also seven turnovers. Interesting stat line for him in that one. So let's head over to Washington. The Clippers beat the Wizards 135 to 119. Kawhi and PG, I'm going to do some quick math on this one. 71 combined points. We have 17 combined rebounds and 11 combined assists between the two of them. Of course, Trez and Lou combined for 38 on their end as well. Davis Bertans continues to be the next Larry Bird. He had 25 points and six threes in this game. And Bradley Beal is probably going to get fined because he complained about a lack of foul calls for the Wizards. Kings 110, Mavs 106 in Dallas. The Kings did not trail once in this game, although they did almost completely blow a 24-point lead. And Nemanja Bielisa, of all people, was the leader in this one. He had a career-high 30 points. Buddy Heald continues to make it rain. He had 26. And then Luka, 27, 8, and 7. Pretty normal line for him, but he missed a potential game-tying layup with under 10 seconds and then shout out tim hardaway jr steve mills castaway he went nine for 12 in this one for 29 points last game of the sunday slate thunder 108 blazers 96 in portland shea had 21 points and nine rebounds on this one chris paul had 20 points and two tattletales in this one roll the tape for me producer rob open slightly and you want him to Make this free throw. 
Well, Minnesota just got dinged for a delay of game. And Ryan Saunders, you see head coach there for the T-Wolves looking for the explanation from Scott Foster. And wow. Gallo will go to the line. Now that's big. So first, he told on Jordan Bell late in the game Friday because his jersey was untucked. The T-Wolves got a tech while Cat was at the line. The Thunder get an extra free throw. Eventually, they were able to throw full-court passes at a Schroeder to go to overtime, and OKC got the win. And then he told on his banana boat brethren, Carmelo Anthony, Sunday night after Melo had clapped in frustration to get a tech on him. Anthony spins way out of control. Nothing but Thunder players there to grab that loose ball as Baisley scrapes it up off the floor. And Chris Paul just got teed up. Oh, check that. It's going to be Carmelo. Well, he, that time he went right to the officials, slapped his hand together. And that's going to get you teed up. And uh, then was caught courtside with just another classic uh, cursing Chris Paul on camera. It's kind of like one of the great NBA traditions. Uh, but, you know, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard had 26 points in this one. Dennis Schroeder had 21 points in this one off the bench. And Mello was just nine points and nine rebounds on four for 18 shooting. All right, Waz, let's get to our line of the weekend. I wanted to get cute and go with the Haitian sensation. Because he's having such an inspiring rookie campaign and, you know, he's played above expectations so far. So shouts to um, Matisse Taibou, the big Tonto Makut. But I'm going to have to go with Anthony Davis. 50 points, seven rebs, six dimes. I mean, the guy has hit his stride. And also, as I like to tell everybody, Jared, um, I don't root for teams. I don't root for players. I root for my picks and my own vanity. I picked AD to win the MVP before the season started, and he started to make me look like a genius. Oh, you are you already were a genius. We didn't need any more validation on that one. But speaking of genius, Devin Booker had 35 points and five assists in the Saturday night loss. Shout out to Kawhi. He had 34 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists on Sunday. And then, of course, CP3. It's, uh, I mean, two snitches in one weekend. That's that is an uncanny line of the weekends. So that is going to do it for today's show. Do not forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like Back to Back. We've got No Dunks. We've got Tampering. And we've even got House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. So do not forget to follow us on the app and get your notifications for new episodes. And if you're not a member of the Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free plus some fantastic writing across all of our major sports all for a super low price so you get 40 percent off your subscription today if you go to theathletic.com slash dings that's theathletic.com slash dings you never know when these promos end so get there soon so thank you for waking up with us and waz is going to take you out on the road to riches and diamond rings real people do real things Jigga back on Spotify, y'all. 